It's a, it's a hockey movie, if you can believe it. It's a hockey horror sci-fi. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Sci-Fi Conversations. You ruined the episode. <laughs> and we're off to a great start. You know, we had a lot of, like, starts and then, like, turn-offs on the last couple episodes. All right, blame that on me. I'm, no, I'm kidding. I'm hey, kidding. hey, hey, it's Corbin Brando. Hello. Are y'all going to have spooky names? I didn't think of mine. Nope, definitely not a spooky name. I'm Andrew guess. Mahler. I'm Donald Trump. Oh. I'm Bill hey, Jarvis. <laughs> <laughs> Bill's like, Every I time. am Ben. Yeah. I'm Bill Jarvis. <laughs> Very pleasant. Do we talk about the elephant in the room? Uh, There's a baby you, here. Yeah. Um. So this is gonna be a combo: Billy, Billy Jarvis, age twenty nine, and Luke Jarvis, age three days. seven days oh. and three hours. Has it been seven days? It has. Oh wait, it's it's eight days oh, yeah. and four hours actually. Ooh. Well, that uh, is there episode. some more pretentious way we could say that? Like you know how they say like. My baby's 67 weeks. <laughs> Can we say, like, negative? There's always like, like, oh, yeah, my four... No, you don't say four-year-old. Oh, yeah, my 50-month-old. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, he's actually... 130 hours old. <laughs> See, I'm actually a... Hours. We'd yeah. have to do it in hours I think at I'm this a 320-month-old. I'm not sure. So for those of you who are still trying to put it together, Bill had a second kid. Yay! That's actually why we did not bring in episodes present, right now. A little week. cutie. No, there is there is an episode this week. This is the episode. But we won't have an episode. I'm cutting all of this out. There's no yeah, point in saying any of that. Why? We won't have an episode next week. Are you sure? What if we record on Saturday? No. All right. No episode next week. <laughs> Listen to another podcast. <laughs> I thought we were doing Terminator next week. Maybe we'll, oh, uh, maybe we'll release one of the deep cuts. Now. You and me could do Terminator. Oh, God. We could do a topic fight on Terminator. Yeah, let's do Which it. Which one's better, Terminator 2 or 3? <laughs> it's a short topic fight. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, two is better than three. Miller. All right, you All win. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All See right. you next week. All right. Um, so what are we doing? So welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections. Uh, this is our sp spooktacular episode. Mm -hmm. um, to make it different, though, we're not just covering one sci-fi horror film. We're covering them all. Well, all the ones that we like. We'll go with that. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I like a lot more. I like yeah, a lot. that's fair, too. Uh, no, it's going to be just a, a roundtable discussion. Um, everyone gets to pick a movie that they want to talk about that fits roughly into the realm of sci-fi horror. Um, we'll give it a few minutes, five to ten minutes. Um, we'll we'll talk about it and then we'll move on to the next one. So, and, and none of us know what the others have picked. Yeah, we're all going in blind. I know what I picked, but I don't know what anybody. So, else like, picked. some of us may not have even seen the movie. Keeping it spooky. Oh, oh yeah. Mystical. Yeah, I'm the only one that knows what everyone's picked, and I have not shared that with anyone. So, uh, Ben, before we go into that, um, what does the next couple weeks look like, or do you want to go into that afterwards? Yeah, no, I'm, right now we have, we'll, we'll do a deep cut next week, so that's one of our older episodes that has not yet been released. The quality is terrible, so just be ready for that. And then the week after that, we have The Last of Us, uh, which was supposed to be next week. But of course, we are all mixed around. And then I have to figure it out. I will tell you guys all that by couple, the end of this week. A couple Star Wars episodes coming up. Uh, Weeks yeah. after. I think we have like one week that I got to figure out. Oh, Terminator. Terminator yes. is after The Last of Us. Oh, wait. So we actually have to... I think we're going to have to move The Last of Us back a bit more. Well, that's fine because we, it got I'd delayed. The, yeah, I was going to say the game got delayed. Bit, so we're fine. Yeah, so there you go. It'll come out when it's ready. We'll delay it. Yeah. We'll delay the episode until the. I did game just finish it. The episode's like the game. It'll come out when it's ready. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. All right. So, uh, starting out with the Spooktacular 2019, uh, Bill Jarvis. Little. <laughs> Little Billy Little Jarvis, Billy Jarvis. Jarvis. 29. That's that's my government H name. Six, six, six. Okay, so I have me and my child have watched. What's his? I mean, were movie? you were you here when I watched this? Probably not. I don't think you were here. Okay, so Luke wasn't here for it, so he won't have any comments. Um, the 2000 film Pitch Black. Ooh. 
um, starring Vin Diesel. Hell yeah! Yeah, so that one was, uh, it's a bit of a cult classic. I'll give you a quick synopsis. Uh, what uh, IMDB says is a commercial transport ship and its crew are marooned on a planet full of bloodthirsty creatures that only come out to feast at night. But then they learn that a month-long eclipse is about to occur. And hijinks happen. So, um, so yeah, no, it, who's seen this movie? I, I have. I actually have. haven't. Yeah? You've not okay. seen Pitch Black. Yeah, I, Wait. People keep telling me that I need to see it. You've and then not I keep seen telling Bad Boys them, How are you? Why are you in my house? Why Wait, are you here? we all talked at the same time and I didn't get it. Raise your hand if you've seen this. I think it was everybody but me. Okay. Yeah, it's everybody but me. <laughs> Sorry. So anyway, so um, so this is a film uh, starring Vin Diesel and it's, I had to look this director up. David Tuohy, um, who did all of the Chronicles of Riddick movies, um, which is the franchise that sparked from this uh, film pitch black um and he did such fun films and i don't know any of these films <laughs> <laughs> he's that kind of director he's that kind of director where he just does a lot name of like, them throw no them out there billy one second one second let me get let me get let me get back to the imdb page this is trash this will be the verizon ad do you need a new cell phone service and you want to be part of america's number one network well I can't tell you what their name is unless they give me $40,000. Well, of course I know his filmography. The, the director, David Tui, uh, directed such films as Riddick, uh, A Perfect Getaway, The Chronicles of Riddick, Below, the 2002 film. Blow or Below? Uh, below. So not the Johnny Depp film, no. Um, and then, I was like, really? And then... <laughs> And then, sorry. And then the arrival, which of course we know is the prequel to Arrival. Um, you know what's interesting <laughs> is Chronicles of Riddick follows that like sci-fi formula of like Pitch Black is the horror film, and Chronicles of Riddick is just the badass action film, where it's like has nothing to do with the first one except that Riddick is in it. Mm -hmm. And it's absolutely true. Did yeah. you direct the video game too, Tui? The video game, was, by the way, and I've this heard is awesome. The first one, the first Butcher one, Bay. Escape from Butcher, Butcher Bay, Bay yeah. was is probably first of all the best Riddick material. Period. I've heard that. Absolutely. I, you know, like I love the movies. I've always really, really dug. I, I missed the latest one, which was just Riddick, right? Riddick, yeah. I haven't seen that one. Return to kind of pitch black style. It was. It was definitely was a riff live on. Action or was that the animated one? No, it was, live, it was action. live action. Yeah, Dark Fury was the animated one, okay. which takes place between Pitch Black and Chronicles. Correct. I believe so. It kind of sets up for Chronicles. I yeah. think. I heard that one deserves a fair shake too, though. I heard the animated one was. I'm sure. Yeah. Like they're all quality. Like yeah, some are more or less quality than others, but. Yeah. Glad we got to talk about this. I'm glad everybody's into this movie. Oh, I, I love was it. hoping it I mean, wasn't. A we all, well, except for Miller, who hasn't seen it, but we I all love to Pitch see Black. It. It's well, a great movie. Well, that's. I was gonna say, Pitch Black is one of those movies, uh, films that came out when I was like 10 years old, right? And then like I got to the age where I was like 11, 12, 13, where this sort of spooky shit was kind of cool to me, like the interesting badass character that Riddick is. And then obviously we wanted to see Riddick in a lot cooler movies, but yeah, I think Pitch Black was. I, I didn't really like the Chronicles of Riddick movies. I think that That's if fair. they if they I like that origin story of Pitch Black. Um uh I think on Rotten Tomatoes I got about a fifty-nine percent uh and then It's about oh, fair. Yeah. And then the Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay, the video game that we were referencing, actually has a ninety percent on Metacritic and an eight point five on IGN. It's so a phenomenal it's game. Incredible. Phenomenal. I'm going to have to look into that then. I'd, I'd, I would love... It's got a PS2 game. It was remastered, I think, on 360 when they came out with mm -hmm. um, their, their 361, which was not as good. It was kind of more... They did like direct. a standalone DLC that came out for that, which I never played the DLC, but it was called like... It was Assault on Dark Athena. It was like an addition to it. That was the game. It. No, Assault on Dark Athena was a new game. Oh, was it? See, I never played that. But mm -hmm. Butcher Bay, I played the shit out of, and that game was incredible. And then when the they, story was awesome, when they released Assault on Dark Athena, they like packaged it with a remaster of Riddick uh, of Butcher Bay, and so they were combined. And like Dark Athena was cool, if from what I remember, but it, like going from Butcher Bay to that was like, eh. but yeah. So anyway, 
So, so uh, Bill, just to kind of ground it back again, sure. what about this movie makes it worthy of being a sci-fi horror film worth uh, talking about? I'd say, I'd say, well, the horror film, there's, um, the horror is crash landing on the planet and then everybody's being picked apart. I think that was the, you know, the idea of, uh, I thought it was, I think the cool idea with the sci-fi is the eclipse that happens every, I think it was 22 years or whatever. And the fact that everything blacks out and then this cool, and honestly, I'm just going to be honest, the cool part about the entire, I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. The cool part about the entire movie is that Riddick. Riddick is just the best part of that, about the movie. I think everything is in reference to Riddick because he's just this badass character that doesn't care about death. He doesn't care about, you know, anything. He's the most a neutral character. He looks out for himself. You know, if he was, you know, D&D, it would be true neutral. That's how I feel. Or, you know, chaotic neutral. Let's go well, chaotic neutral. He's just ultra cool, super competent is a survivor has always survived. I mean, what an awesome character, but also isn't invincible. Like he has a weakness mm -hmm. and it's well stated. And when it comes down to it, like, yeah, he, he copes and he recovers, but it, it adds the tension. He's, he's the perfect kind of sci-fi action hero in that he's, he's obviously not like a human like Ripley is in her action hero movies, but, um, he's, got all the, everything you need to make him cool and badass and powerful, but also make you kind of afraid for him at certain points. Like, I don't know if he's going to get out of this one. He always does. He's ready. Well, yeah. And I think that's the cool thing. The minute that Bill mentioned pitch black, all of a sudden we started throwing out the entire you know, extended universe, the whole saga of Riddick content. And I think it's kind of cool because to me, that was one of, the best examples, at least of modern sci-fi franchises that started in the 20th century, uh, they really built it up. 21st century. 99. But it's really was cool. Was it 99? Pretty sure it was, wasn't oh, no, it? No, he it's said 2000. Like 2000. Was it 2000? 2000 on the dot. Oh, man. You know, it was One filmed in the 20th yeah, century. Yeah, there you go. So, so I'm right. Yeah, yeah I'm good. right by default. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, I, I just think it was interesting because you have that character who is brought in with pitch black, but then as they kind of went through the different films and the games and the tie-ins and everything else, they explained a lot of his backstory. Like they explained his eyes in butcher Bay, which is awesome. Um, and just, I don't know. I think it was kind of cool too, that every film is a little bit of a different genre. I wasn't the biggest fan of Chronicles either, but that okay. being said, it's cool for what it is. And right. I like kind of the way that they at least wrapped up that part of the story in Riddick. I would recommend Riddick if none of you have seen it. I still haven't seen it. Awesome yet. movie. Really good. Kind of return to form. It's a Katie Sackhoff movie. She's oh, in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's really good in it. it means we're going to have to cover that on sci-fi cross-sections. Well, but, I think I think at this point we need to have a whole Riddick two-hour special. Right? Well, I <laughs> find out that everybody loves it. The cool thing with Riddick, too, that was something that Vin Diesel really pulled for. He, oh, yeah. He, he almost pulled a Ryan Reynolds with Deadpool with that one where he really, like, kind of focused on fan excitement for it and really played on that on social media to fund it in mm -hmm. order to make it because it was such a passion project for him. He really wanted to revisit that character. So who knows if there'll be a fourth Riddick film. It didn't really do that well, commercially speaking, but um, the fans really loved it. So we'll see. Yeah. Awesome series. I, I, I love it. Um, it. It reminds me of a time in my life when I was at a, some sort of family party and then there were a group of guys that I didn't know and they were watching Pitch Black. And I was just like, it just reminds me of that simple, innocent time when I was like, wow, this is a really cool movie. I've never seen anything like this. That's how I felt when I was first watching it. Like the cool sci-fi horror kind of survival with a badass character in the middle of everything. Yeah. I thought that was really, really cool. Which Definitely. is the Alien series, were the, right? <laughs> were the yeah. people at the family party all dressed like different early 2000s Vin Diesel characters? Yes, actually. So you had Triple X in there, yeah. you and had there Dom was, Toretto. There was, a, what, there was one person that lived their life a quarter mile at a time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that, I mean, it's a cool movie. I definitely suggest seeing it at least once because it kind of has a cult following, obviously. But yeah. Colin, back to you. Oh, thanks, Bill. Really appreciate that. Thanks. Uh, Jason. Yes, sir. You sent me what you had to say, and I'm actually intrigued. So, 
for mine, I decided to take a little bit of a different approach. I wanted to choose a film that I knew I wouldn't be able to convince everyone to do a full podcast on. So basically, I wanted to do the 1999 seminal science fiction horror classic starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Virus. Whoa. And I am checked out. (laughs) (laughs) I never even heard of that. So basically, Virus is uh, what I would describe as Event Horizon on a ship in the ocean. Ooh. Um, so it sucks. Who here has... <laughs> take it easy, Ben. Who here has... Oh, wait, hold on. I'll laugh. <laughs> Who here has uh, seen Virus? Raise your hand. No one did. No, no. one's seen Virus. <laughs> you didn't raise your hand, so it's fine. This is fine. This is fine. fine. All right. This will take me back to uh, my uh, extemporaneous speech give us class a, here. Give us so, a synopsis. So I'll give you a synopsis here. Um <laughs> a rather short one on IMDb. When the crew of an American tugboat boards an abandoned Russian research vessel, the alien life form aboard regards them as a virus which must be destroyed. So, Virus was a, a movie, a, a little bit of a backstory since I'll probably be doing most of the talking since no one's seen this one. Um, so, I had this whole kind of thing in the 90s where I watched a lot of like scary shit and it messed me up. For, for like a long time. Like I played Resident Evil when I was five years old and it messed me up for a long time. I watched, you know, horror movies when I was five, six years old and it messed me up for a long time. So Virus was one of those movies where I distinctly remember I didn't watch it in theaters. I would have been like eight or nine at the time when it came out. I didn't watch it in theaters, but I remember like it was one of those like free preview weekends where you get like HBO or like stars or I don't know if anyone ever remembers those from the cable days, but it was like free weekend. Yeah. So I I used to jump on that because we never had those channels. And I remember catching part of Virus and uh, it absolutely mortified me and stuck with me for years until I revisited the movie later. So basically the whole premise of the the film is, so it's a, a pretty decent cast. So it's Donald Sutherland is like this old weary tugboat captain. You have Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, I think it's, is it Billy Baldwin? Okay. I always get the Baldwins mixed up. So it's Billy Baldwin, um, some other kind of nineties actors in there. Um, but basically, they're on a crew of a tugboat, and the movie starts uh, with this kind of like mass. It, it almost reminds me of the original uh, The Thing. So you have this mass of kind of almost looks like space dust kind of floating through Earth's atmosphere. Goes on the Mir space station, and it's all these you know Russians up on the space station, these Russians on what looks like a research vessel, and basically infects this station or kind of like, you know, I don't know, goes aboard all the electrical systems and then beams itself down to the ship. And then it kind of goes dark and then you're, you meet up with our heroes, whatever, on this tugboat in the middle of a hurricane. So they're salvaging stuff or trying to. So they've got a tugboat and they're towing this big, you know, this big like barge of salvage stuff, whatever they're going to sell at the nearest port. And that's what they do. So Basically, in this storm, Donald Sutherland's like the crazy character saying, no, we've got to get our salvage and don't you disconnect that salvage thing, even though it's about to sink them to the bottom of the ocean. So they get through all that. They lose the barge um, and it's real bad news. And then all of a sudden they navigate to the eye of the hurricane. And what do they see in the eye of the hurricane? The Russian ship, derelict Russian ship weeks later, weeks after our you know cold open intro. Uh, so they go aboard the ship and it's abandoned. They see signs of a struggle. You know, there's bullet holes, but they don't see anybody. And uh, Donald Sutherland's character comes up with the idea that if we salvage the ship and there's no one aboard, how much is a Russian research vessel worth? $300 million. So how much would everyone in the crew get? $3 million. So now it becomes we're going to get the systems of this ship going again. We're going to tow it back to port. Payday, right? So all of that is you know the plan until they go below decks and they find one survivor and the survivor regales them with a horror story of an alien life form that is infecting the electrical and computer systems of the ship and basically uh taking over the bodies of the crew uh, to turn them into minions to do its bidding so what really messed me up about this movie uh is that 
the the whole idea is this alien life form is electrical in nature so it infects electrical systems it takes over the computer systems and in doing so it it can't really spread out itself because it doesn't have any form so what it does is it takes the crew and like mutilates the crew and makes like these robotic cybernetic like monstrosities out of them cool so me as an eight-year-old the first time i saw like a half human with like a human head and like servos sticking out and it with a gun freaked the fuck out of me and messed me up for 10 more years and i don't think i re-watched the movie and actually watched the whole thing till maybe i don't know mid 2000s i think i bought it at disc replay and dvd and i was like oh yeah i'm gonna revisit this and what is striking to me is like the the film itself is not good but it's it's so well done just as far as like the special effects. So the guy who directed his name, John Bruno and John Bruno was an effects house guy. He's like a Stan Winston. So he wasn't really a character guy or like, I'm going to write this great story. I'm going to direct these actors and you know, this is my whatever, but he was an effects guy and you can tell because the effects, I watched it two weeks ago in preparation for this podcast. They still hold up. It's crazy. It's all practical. They built these, 20 foot tall robotic you know animatronic monstrosities for this movie and it's really convincing and pretty cool but that's kind of the legacy of viruses it's not remembered as like this amazing movie that you know changed sci-fi horror cinema it's remembered as you know another kind of haunted house movie but this time in the middle of an ocean on you know this derelict russian ship but ultimately for what it lacks in characterization and maybe a coherent story and good performances uh, if you want just a really kind of creepy um ooey gooey sort of movie that'll stick with you pretty cool overall that's interesting like i've, I've found that like every effects guy gets one you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like like and he good, never made another movie well, they all get one. They don't. Yep, they guaranteed never, one. He, he never made another movie. <laughs> you know, like twenty some, years ago. Sometimes they'll be good at it, and they'll get more. Like uh, what's his name, Scott Hinkle on Walking Dead. And sometimes we get twenty thirty six. And sometimes we get twenty thirty six. Who was a visual effects guy? Yeah. And you know, but all the effects guys, they always get one. Mm-hmm. Old Hinkle. Uh, just to throw it out there on the side. Uh, apparently, Virus was based off of a dark horse comic yeah it was a comic so i've never actually read the comic but i guess the comic is it's different but it's supposed to be pretty cool it's almost from what i've heard kind of like a noir type thing so the vibe is a little different than what the movie ultimately ended up being there was also as a little trivia side note a tie-in video game for this yeah on the playstation one and i i watched just because i wanted to be up on everything for this so i watched like a let's play of this game and it was Hot trash. I mean, <laughs> I mean, holy shit! I think the the game was forgotten like within weeks of it coming out, and it was it was pretty bad. It was, but it was definitely like fixed camera survival, right? Yes, absolutely. It Tank has controls. To be. You got your characters like walking like this, like and, Resident Evil or Dino absolutely. Crisis. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, that's but, great. But yeah, I mean, I would strongly recommend anyone uh, who's listening to this just check it out. It, it's one of those movies that, again, kind of has become a cult movie. It, a lot of um, you know, you go on like the Reddit's or any sort of forums where it's people that kind of appreciate horror or horror sci-fi. It's it. It's aged in a way, I know this is, you know, whatever for Ben, but almost like an event horizon where at the time, total dud, panned universally, but now 20 years later, there's a certain contingent of fans that can look back and say, well, this is cool for what it is. And just the effects are just, I don't know, man, they're creepy. They're so creepy. Ooh, this is a European only tie-in game. Oh. Uh, all right, so... I um uh, I have this maritime sci-fi thriller uh combo that I always like to watch and it's uh Sphere and the Abyss not in that order. Um I might just throw this on there next time I do a, a watch of those two well, movies. A new I'm, maritime trilogy. <laughs> yeah, I'm honestly <laughs> surprised. I'm not necessarily surprised these guys haven't seen it, but I'm surprised that you Colin have not seen Virus. Hey, I've actually seen the cover art for it multiple times i've had the opportunity to watch it multiple times just never pulled the trigger on it and i hate to say this but 
William Baldwin is a bad actor. <laughs> <laughs> he turns me on like, oh, it's got William Baldwin. Probably not a good no. movie. I'm not going to watch it. So that actually happens a lot worst for me. So, all right. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Uh, we're going to move on to Andrew Miller. Andrew W.S. Miller. Coming at you live. Please don't tell me that's a sign of what you picked. It's definitely... like to say, but... So I wanted to talk about... I, I thought about this, and I had a lot of time to think about this. And I was going to... I was like, do I talk about They Live? Is that a question for us? It's not a question. It was a question for me that I decided against. Because I think They Live is a good enough movie that we could actually cover at some point. Okay. Yeah, um, that's, that's it's fair. More, it's more action sci-fi, I think, than it's uh, horror sci-fi. You're, you're getting into like a triumvirate of genres at that point. Action, horror, sci-fi. I wanted to talk about something that probably nobody's ever seen. Um, it is the uh, 1997 Canadian production of Cube. I've heard of Cube, but Cube. I've never seen I've it. I've heard of it as well. All right. I was so like, it's not as obscure as I would thought. I think I've 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 seen a scene of Cube. <laughs> I, I have definitely seen a scene of Cube, but I wonder if it's a thing. I don't know if it was Cube one, two, three, five, <laughs> right. ten. Yeah. There's multiple, right? <laughs> so I think there are there's Cube, there's like Cube Squared. Cubed. And then there's Cube Zero, which is a prequel. I'm sorry, it's I'm looking it up because I'm curious. It's cube squared hypercube. Yes. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yes. Uh, cube squared hypercube is a really interesting movie that sort of deals with the fourth dimension. And weirdly, it seems that there was a 1989 version called Gleaming the Cube starring Christian Slater. Probably oh, no. Related. That was a skateboard movie. Uh, uh, sorry. Ah, uh, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Christian Slater. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, it's a cube, man. It's so. Oh, cubes, there's an ice cube too. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. So, cube is these five strangers wake up in a mysterious cube-shaped room. Um, and there's like there are like these hatches on each side of the cube. They lead into rooms that are identical to this one the sort of horror aspect comes in when you find out that some of these rooms are booby trapped. So you'll have one room where as soon as you walk into it, just the entire, uh, every inch of the room is filled with needles that just, you know, pierce our protagonist and kill them or, or they release like a deadly nerve gas or there's lasers or something like that. And it's these people trying to figure out how to navigate to the exit of this cube. They figure like, you know, how are we here? You know, they're trying to figure out how they all relate to each other. Trying to figure out if there's a synopsis of the type of people that are on, um, are, are trapped in our, in our cube here. Um, there is Quentin who believes each person was chosen to be there. He is a divorced police officer uh, Levin is a young mathematics student. Holloway is a free clinic doctor. While the surly worth says he's only an office worker. Levin hypothesizes that any room marked with a prime number is a trap. And they find a mentally challenged man named Kazan, whom Holloway insists they bring along. What's now, with these names? I don't it's, know. They're it's, Canadian. It's, it's Canada. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Worth's knowledge of the outer shell dimension allows Levin to determine that each side of the cube is 26 rooms across and that there are 17,576 rooms in total. Okay. So first of all, where are they? Where is this cube located geographically? <laughs> And I believe in Cube Zero, uh, you do find out that it's in the desert. Oh, it's in good, some God. desert somewhere. Because there's there's nothing that makes a great sci-fi film even greater than explaining the mystery. Yeah, that's why <laughs> Cube Zero is probably one that you can skip. Yeah. Well, well not only that, but Cube Zero actually explains another um, really large twist. Um they're basically, like I said, one of these uh, characters was a mathematician, 
and she discovers the whole prime number thing. And they're like, they find out basically it's like they're trying to figure out this one prime number. And she's like, the result is astronomical because like she can't possibly calculate these two numbers in her head. She would need like just a shitload of time. And Kazan, the quote unquote mentally challenged guy uh, pipes up and he just responds with two because they're trying to figure out how these prime numbers and they discover that he is in fact uh, what is colloquially known as an idiot savant. So he's able to just be given these two sets of numbers that determine whether or not a room is safe or not. And he's just able to rattle off whether or not it's prime. That is the character's entire purpose in this movie. The character's entire purpose in this movie is to be a calculator. He's, he's basically a calculator, but um, a couple, like one of the characters in here definitely turns into a villain and he's just trying to kill this guy at one point. For some reason, I guess because he's just tired of dealing with this guy who's, you know, he's, you know, he's mentally challenged. Like he does have, you know, uh, issues. So, so the guy is like he's, a jerk and he's like, a jerk. Well, he's a jerk, but, kill this guy. but being trapped in this cube in this dire situation with these traps and everything just sort of dials up the intensity it's, ever, is this oh, go ahead. it's is it's, this before or after they find out he's the key to getting through this whole thing this is probably before okay i was gonna say because like but even then when he's like stupid. he starts being uncooperative at certain points because he, you know he gets frustrated sure the, the, yeah. the guy gets frustrated the human calculator um Kazan gets, he gets frustrated with having to do this and being trapped in the cube and then they discover that the cube is actually moving so yeah, the, the this structure that they're this structure moves on top of everything. So, so the you, exit, they discover the exit is only in this like configuration for a certain amount of time, and then it takes another certain amount of time to eventually oh, get back into this configuration. Okay, so I thought when you said the cube moves, I thought like it starts spinning the, on Mars and then it ends <laughs> up in. Oh yeah, of course, there, right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, no, yeah, it uh, it, it moves. It, like the the internal room structures all change so it's crazy that way um in cube zero you actually find uh so so one of the characters in there uh, i'm gonna spoil the ending of cube zero oh no i know well, he 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 gets close to the exit summer i just rented it on amazon so yeah. i guess i don't have to watch he, it yeah he you discover that um Cube Zero kind of it it takes more of a look at the people monitoring the uh, people inside of the cube, and this one guy tries to help these people out of this experiment. That person is uh the the sort of ending is he's his brain is like whatever shady organization terms terms him stupid, and he's it's it's inferred that he becomes a character kind of like Kazan who's this idiot savant, but it was really just this hyper-intelligent guy who they did something to his mind, so he's he's got no, you know, mental faculties, basically. So I think the question we're all asking is, we all want to know, we're not asking, but we all, the question we all want to know is, why Cube? Cube, so Cube is a, Cube is a fun movie. Like, Cube uh, 1... Like not with like cube two one and or two and zero, notwithstanding, cube one is fun. It's fun to um, see these characters interact with each other, and they're just in these dire straits. The traps are fun and they're horrific. You know, somebody gets sprayed with acid once, and you know that needle oh, yeah. that needle thing it, actually does happen. It's almost like, about, yeah. like a pre saw saw. It's almost yeah, kind of like I, I it could very well be a precursor kind of style to saw. And it's not that kind of like saw torture porn or whatever. It's these people. There's like they really are trying to like figure a way out. Probably more like that new one, Escape Room, precursor to that. Yeah, almost. I could. Yeah, yeah, I could. I could almost believe that. Yeah, except that you're you're trapped in a series of cubes. Escape rooms. Kind of like a a puzzle slash it's, test. Um, yeah, it's really. Yeah, it's uh, experiment. It is. Yeah, and it is an experiment. Like there's. There's really, I think you end up finding out there's no reason for any of these people to have been trapped in these cubes. Like, they were just kind of selected. They were just taken to be part of an experiment kind of thing. 
like they had some degree of closeness to the shady organization that's you know covering or uh, shady organization that's doing the uh, experiment. So Cube's a fun movie. It's it's a lot of fun. Hypercube's fun. Uh, Cube Zero is not so fun. What about what about Ice Cube Miller? I loved him in uh, SVU. We should cover Law and Order SVU. Mm, wrong Ice. That's Ice T. What if what if Cube like eight was just Ice Cube and Ice T in a cube <laughs> uh-huh. trying to escape? <laughs> yeah. That would be Ice Squared. Yeah. Not Cube. Mm-hmm. Ice, ice Rank. Cube. Is there another ice? Would it just be vanilla ice, 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 baby? Vanilla, so vanilla point? ice, ice tea, and ice that cube. would be ice, ice cube. And just ice, 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 ice baby. Cubed. Yeah, this is a good movie. <laughs> this we'll, is we'll this is happen. the worst content we've ever come. Up Once we get that Verizon money, <laughs> I don't know. We did an episode on the Wandering Earth. <laughs> okay, Colin, I'm back gonna, to you. I'm gonna. So I know you guys all came here wanting to talk about movies that generally interested you or inspired you um i wanted to come at you with a dumbass film this is a worrisome preamble (laughs) i wanted to come at you with a a movie that we could all shit on collectively so i bring to you the movie doom from 2005 (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) which i think we saw in the theater we did if i remember correctly Our job was to bring your favorite sci-fi yes. horror film. Well, this is your favorite sci-fi no, horror we film. Talked about oh, it's definitely not. We already talked about it. Oh my god! <laughs> I wanted to switch this up and just give utter shit for us to shit on for a little bit. Uh, well, I never saw it. Yeah, you're going to be very disappointed to learn I've never seen it either. Oh no! Oh, well, it looks like this is going to be the Colin, Colin and Jason, Jason show. Yeah, I so, knew. So this was directed by Andrzej uh, Botkowiak. I think is how you say you his name. You can't make up names. Nope. That's Look it up. That is his name. Uh, written by David uh, Callaham and Wesley Wait, Strick. Did you say Callaham? Yes. No. Yes. His, his name does not have an M at the end. He is not <laughs> Callaham. In case this movie couldn't get it. <laughs> um, is so he just a pig? <laughs> is he just a pig in a suit? I oh god! Can't I afford wish. a suit. He made Doom. <laughs> I wish. Actually, I want to look up this guy's uh, filmography real quick. Doom, yeah, what does Hambone do? Doom was his first feature film. And last. Yeah, well, he also did The Expendables, Expendables 2, and Expendables 3. Oh, Hambone. He, he landed exactly where he needed to. Godzilla, story by him for Godzilla. The uh, 2014. Wait, 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 wait. Story, oh, I was going to say the 99 Godzilla? Uh, Ant-Man. He rewrote Ant-Man. But he did not have the final script on that, I know for sure. It says production rewrite, so. But yeah. it went through a few rewrites. Zombieland, double tap. Oh my god. This guy's yeah. got a great filmography uh, except Wonder for, Woman 1984. He did no. the screen he did the screenplay for. Uh I think she said Doom was his first. 1980 no Wonder it's Woman. Wonder Woman 1984, the movie. Comes out next year. Yeah. It's called Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, I hate it. It takes place yeah. in Yeah, it, DC. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um it looks good. Well, also, we haven't seen Spider-Man from it. into the Spider-Verse 2. Oh he, uh, wow. He's Is gonna be right. Okay, Callie Ham. What's his name? So his name is David Callaham. Callahan. So he's Spider Hog, Spider yes. Pig. He's Spider Ham. I'm glad yeah. we looked yeah. that up because this guy is going to have a very prolific uh, career for at least in. Well, it's good he bounced back. Yeah. <laughs> if I <laughs> to go back to 2005 and say, hey, you know that guy who wrote Doom? He's, he's going go to go on to write a Callahan is movies. the future. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, tell so, us about um, Doom. It's loosely based off the video game series of the same name by uh, Id. Loosely. Id. And loosely is a... Uh, yes. Oh, very, very loose. It's a euphemism. Very, very pretty, loose. pretty loose. Pretty, pretty loose. Pretty loosey-goosey. Uh, oh, I mean, just to break this down real quick. The year is 2026. A wormhole portal, the Ark, to an ancient city on Mars is discovered deep below Nevada Desert. That kind of sounds like 20 Doom. years later, the 85 personnel at the union aerospace corporation the uac okay research facility on mars are attacked by an unknown assailant hell but following okay. a distress call sent by dr cormack a squad of eight marines including squad leader sergeant asher sarge mohanan is sent to search and destroy mission to on a search and destroy mission to mars the uac only concerned with retrieval of a computer data 
from their anthropology, archaeology, and genetics experiments. So are these hell monsters? Are they? Uh... They're not hell so, monsters. So it's a genetic. Oh, I hate so, this. So like they were yep. on their way. So this isn't doom at all. They got on the road and then they were like, you know what? This exit looks a lot more interesting. It's like that meme where they're dry. Like you see that it's like one, uh, one section of the highway says one thing. So that'd be like proper doom demons. And then the, the, the car that's veering off the yeah. off ramp is like shitty aliens. Well, the thing with doom and I knew it as I watched it. The reason video game adaptations rarely work is because for some reason, all these filmmakers or companies or corporations or whoever makes these films, they want to deviate so far from the source material. If you're going to see a Doom movie, you want to see fucking hell portals opening up yeah. and demons pouring out of them. That's the thing. In a roundabout way, Doom, what was it, 2004, 2005? 2005, yeah. So Doom 2005 in the movie... Like they they dance around it, so like they're they insinuate that the source of these you know genetic experiments is some sort of hell DNA, but it's not like you know necessarily well, the, the full on like what we see in the games. It's not like the the portal you know all right. of that. So to me, they they played it like this. It's like the greatest hits of doom it's like you, you you throw in some things that look vaguely doomy and you throw in a bfg and it's like oh yeah no this is doom but really it wasn't and the only thing that i feel like you could point to in that movie and say that was kind of cool that they even tried it was the first person sequence that wasn't cool at all that was stupid from the beginning no i mean it, it, it was in the, only, the context of the movie it was the only it, like it was actually really like cool oh that's kind of we cool. looking for doom yeah. when we Be watched this movie and that was the and only was thing you got doom. that was doom and it still wasn't that good well that's that goes all the way to my point which is stop trying to make video games into movies they are, in some cases, better than movies. Like, this is a little off topic, but it supports my point. Okay. An Uncharted movie coming out. Is a bad idea. It's stupid. You know what is a great Unchar Uncharted movie? Uncharted's 1, 2, 3, 4, and The Lost Legacy are fantastic Uncharted movies. Mm -hmm. And guess what? They're 22 hours apiece. So you're going to be enjoying your time the whole time. Two hours is not enough time to get the point of a game into a movie, and Doom embodies that. Like, you're like, well, the only thing we got out of Doom was the first-person mode, but in a movie, that's stupid. Are you saying you don't want to watch a Halo live-action TV no, show? No. Not one bit. Coming to Disney+. Plus. Name a good <laughs> video game movie. Uh, Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> I, I just wanted to make Ben upset. Damn. Like, he was ready for it. He was ready for it. I was it. thinking about it. I haven't it. seen it, but you could argue like Detective Pikachu is a good video game movie. Mm, but that's it's because a good movie that's that because has they take the Pokemon concept of they run with it it's a good, of a game well, and they're yeah. like, let's make it something else. That's yeah. well, it's a it's a story. It's that's not like a video game. Way, that's not even a video game though. It's something else. Well, no, it's a story. It's like a it's a it, well, it's not based it's on a video story. Games. It's based on it's based on the Pokemon as a concept. Yeah, yeah. just the French. Right, and that's the thing. It's a backdrop. So it started at the video game. And I feel like you, you rarely see that when it comes to like video game adaptations. Like they're never the, the, you don't see these filmmakers or these producers say, Yeah, you know what? We're gonna take that universe and that's the backdrop, but we're gonna do our own thing with it. We're gonna tell our own story. If they just did that, it's either I feel like there's two ways you can go. You either make a faithful to the frame adaptation of whatever your source material is, or you just say, fuck it, it's in the background and we're gonna do our own thing in that universe. I feel like that's why Detective Pikachu was such a good movie because they said, yeah, 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 we're in this universe, okay, we're telling this story. Definitely. And exactly. the most successful, I won't say good, but the most successful video game adaptations, I feel like have been the ones where they are scene for scene, retellings of whatever their source material is and they don't deviate. So I would say, in my opinion, the two most successful video game adaptations to movies, and I feel like video game adaptations, but uh, Resident Evil. That people love that one. Sure. And it's not even and, really an adaptation because no, it's, it's a different story. Yeah, yeah. Right. And Tomb Raider. The first Tomb Raider. Yeah, people love that. It's on, not really... Standalone on its own, that's just... Are you talking Angelina Jolie Tomb I would, Raider? Yeah. I would take Prince of Persia over those. I, no, I also heard Prince of Persia enough. was good, too. It was okay. It was okay. Got Jake the Snake? But yeah. back to Doom, I do want to point out that Doom is not the worst Doom movie anymore. 
So they say. Oh, it just came out this year, right? Yeah, There's it did, and Doom we should movie. cover it. Is it is it animated or no? It's live action. It's a live action it's movie Carl called Irvin Doom it? Annihilation. Doom Carl Urban. Got it. Only two of us here have seen the movie Doom, but I think we could both agree that it was just bad. Bad sci-fi. No, actually, the sci-fi horror elements of the movie. Oh, were pretty. They were okay. It was just a horror. Yeah, it was a very. A it. it was very. I it. Yeah, very formulaic, but it, it ticked all the boxes. But as a Doom adaptation, oh, it's terrible, terrible, absolutely horrible. Um, but I did enjoy it, and I don't say. Don't watch it. I mean, I. I think you might enjoy it if you What was it. Carl Urban's character's name, Reaper. though? Reaper. Reaper, that was it. But that yeah. was his actual name, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. That what was, was his <laughs> actual name? Because it was something stupid. It was like John Doom or something like that. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> was it John what was Doom? it? Look it up. Oh, my God. Well, I know John we're going to go into Ben's topic, but I'm going to look it up, and I'll, oh I'll get it before God. the end of the podcast. His name is Reaper. He was like born... Look at our son. Cast Carl Urban as Staff Sergeant John Reaper Grimm. That's what it Grimm. is. Grimm. It was Grimm. That's what that John was. It. Grimm. John Grimm Reaper Grimm. So he's the Reaper Grimm. I got it. Yep. Well, that's how he got his name. I knew it was Goofy. I just couldn't oh, remember what God. it was. Get me out of here. <laughs> he actually, this is what people didn't know is Doom was actually a crossover film with uh, with Overwatch. And that was actually the Reaper character. Right. Mm-hmm. True story. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll believe it. Yeah. The I Halloween mean, heist. Yep. Get it. All right. So, last but certainly not least, we're going to go to Ben, and Ben is going to talk to us all about a movie that we've already talked about, but he was not here to talk about. I don't think Miller was here, Let's either. Let's talk about it again. And I don't think Bill was here, but Bill had to deal with, with Baby Boy, so... So, today, Ben is going to talk about... Ten Cloverfield Lane. I hated that movie. Wow, fuck you. <laughs> no, it was okay. Well, yeah. I'm trying to remember, so way back in the... In the, the odds. The, the, yeah, back in the desert of, what, probably 2017, 2016, yeah. we did. Yeah, this is an episode that's not yeah. out right now. No, but we yeah, did it, not out. and it was out, and maybe, maybe it's not maybe out Maybe that's what, what, I'll, what I'll put up next week for, for our like next I think we did it justice. We, we talked about oh, it. Oh, yeah, but no, it was, it was good. I, I You know, the, the prompt was to bring my favorite sci-fi yeah. horror. And sure, so you didn't do it. Here, what? Event Horizon. <laughs> go i'm not making this joke anymore it's an awful joke yeah. so for those of you who don't know after getting in a car accident michelle awakens to find herself in a mysterious bunker with two men named howard and emmett howard offers her a pair of crutches to help her remain mobile with her leg injury sustained from the car crash and tells her to get good on those before leaving the bunker she has been given the information that has been an alien attack and the outside world is poisoned However, Howard and Emmett's intentions soon become questionable, and Michelle is faced with the question, is it better in here or out there? It's great. I, so I rewatched it. It has been a very long time since I watched it, so I wanted to be sure that I loved it as much as I remember loving it. And I do. Um, it's kind of everything I kind of hoped Cloverfield would be. In the future, which was, you know, a bunch of standalone ideas that are just small, low budget kind mm -hmm. of indie ideas that could be taken somewhere cool because they're independent. But then it was turned into a mess by Cloverfield Paradox. We won't talk and, about no, that. Yeah, it's that funny you mentioned that. Is, I wanted Paradox to be good so bad that for the first third of the movie, I fucking loved it. Well, it was because 10 Cloverfield Lane, in my opinion, and it sounds like Ben's opinion too, was such a strong kickoff to the extended universe yeah. of oh, Cloverfield, yeah. the, the anthology yeah, idea. Yeah, it wasn't even a universe. And that's the problem, is that Cloverfield Paradox turned it into, into a, a universe. universe. Yeah. It didn't need to be. It was just, it could have just been Twilight Zone the movie. Like, right. Cloverfield is Twilight Zone. But back to the film, which is, I was like, is this a horror movie? Like, I, I did struggle with that a little bit. But, because it does linger in thriller, I guess, quote unquote. But it really is a scary film. Like, everything about it. And it all comes down to John Goodman's performance. He's very good as that, like... Absolutely. Yeah, he plays a great villain, like, surprisingly. Yeah. And out of nowhere, I remember seeing this movie and I was like... I didn't know what to expect. I think we saw it together, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. And I was... I, you know, it's got every all, all of our favorites. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mm. We do love her. And so we were like, yeah, let's go see it. No Ten sack Cloverfield? Off. What? No sack off. 
That's true. Well, you know, I didn't say she was our Katie queen. Katie can't be in everything. She was in it. She was in one of the barrels of uh, jet, jet <laughs> acid. Was, she was the alien chasing jet Mary Elizabeth instead at the end. <laughs> Two acids for Actually, it says John Gallagher Jr. <laughs> to be the Fuck. other male role, but that was actually Katie Sackhoff. In, oh, in, in reverse drag. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that was John Gallagher Jr., actually. I also love him. The beard disguises him very well. Is he Gallagher's son? Yes. He he actually started smashing watermelons for a living, but that was a deleted scene. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I know a point, and I, you guys maybe touched on this back in the podcast a long time ago because I didn't listen to that episode. I think uh, it's been a long time. Anyway, two thousand three, you recorded that one. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I season know one four season what, one. One of the point of con, one of the contentious points of the film is the end. I think everyone kind of is like, yeah, yeah, the film's great. And then it diverges from there. It's like, except for the ending, even the ending, like there are two paths on that one. And I was kind of in the boat of like, the ending is a little bit, eh, it's a little bit rushed. And I rewatched the film and I really kind of started picking up on a lot of things, having, you know, the, the perks of watching a movie multiple times, which I don't often have the luxury of doing anymore. But, um, you, you, it was such a necessary part of the movie. It really, really was. Um, the whole film, we, you know, we learn about Michelle's past with her father and how her father used to abuse her and her brother and the brother would stand up for her and she always wished she could do something to fight back. So that's the motivation and the root of her character is understanding that she's looking for a way to fight back. To not just fight back, but to step up. Because, you know, everything in the film for her is reactionary. It's not ever her stepping up. And even to the point of her escaping was not a stepping up moment. It was reactionary. She only made the move at that point. I'm not saying she wouldn't have made the move. I'm not saying, like, she needed the push. But I'm, she only made the move because she got found out. As you remember, if you remember, he saw the mm -hmm. suit under the bed and she had no choice but to go at that point. So what that needed to happen is the little alien fight at the end with the Molotov cocktail thrown into the ship, which is an awesome shot is so good. It sets up for her to make the decision finally to consciously make the decision in a situation where she doesn't have to make the decision to step up and fight. She's driving down the road. She hears on the radio. She's like, all survivors uh, head to this place. It's safe here. You will be protected. Anyone with combat experience, we need you in Texas. We're winning, but we need more help. And that is what she slams on her brakes. And she thinks, and she makes the conscious effort to stand up for herself, for the human race. And I thought that was such a powerful character moment that like I didn't fully connect with when I saw the film. Like I, I got it, but I didn't fully like all come together for me until I saw it a second time. I was like, wow, that's that's just a wonderful character arc for her. And it was in without that alien scene with all the kind of special effects that definitely was like all of the budget of the film, we wouldn't have been able to have that decision from her. Sure. Yeah. Well, that was actually when we did the podcast on this, that was a big chunk of what I think I argued for because I, I loved the film. I thought it was great. Uh, really enjoyed it. I think a lot of what we touched on was some of the criticism, of the ending. I forget. It was one of the Bachers who was not keen on that ending. I forget which one it was, if it was Mark or Matt. I want to say it was... was I want to say Matt. Was it Matt? I want. I mean, it was a long time ago now, but I, I think it was Matt. I, there was a lot of back and forth with that but to me i'm kind of actually agreeing with ben <laughs> i win I, uh, oh, yeah. ben wins ben wins this is ben's victory right here no but um i kind of felt the same way i thought that was a lot of the criticism that was levied at the movie in the, the press at the time critically was you have this great like hitchcockian thriller horror kind of whatever it all takes place in one room with a few characters, basically, and they do such an effective job of really building up the suspense and, you know, the, the performances, because that's really all you can focus on in the movie, because that's all it is, are just these performances and these interactions with these actors. Absolutely. Um, they do such a damn good job. It's a great, great, I think, character study of 
these different kind of viewpoints and these different really damaged, flawed characters. And I was, I defended the ending. I, I, I liked the ending, and I thought that scene, I mean, you hit nail on the head. I mean, you go back and play that back, and I think we discuss it at length. Like, that choice of her driving, I'll say she's driving north, and then she puts it in, you know, park or whatever, and kind of thinks about it, and then consciously makes that left turn. And that was her making a choice and a decision. And really, because I always kind of do this with the movies that we do, like if you boil down the whole film, that is what the film is about. Absolutely. That one shot. So if that shot wasn't there, if you just cut it with uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead walking up the stairs and opening the door, and there would have been it no wouldn't resolution. have been as effective. Right. So because I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. No, I mean, great movie. I, I loved it. And unfortunately, I think it set up kind of a like a cadence or like a payoff to that series mm-hmm. that the the series was not able to cash it, it wrote a check that i we were all kind of hoping we would capitalize on and ultimately we saw what we got after now i did not watch uh what was it uh overlord overlord i have not seen that so, so do we ex- do we accept that as part overlord of- is not a part of the cloverfield universe there was a rumor it was and it was never confirmed whether that was going to be the case or not. Overlord because there. by the time Overlord came out, Cloverfield Paradox was already out and was already being destroyed. Okay. So we don't know. I if, was just curious because I haven't seen that yet. I, I, I do recommend you watch. Overlord. I've heard more mixed it's things incredible. about that. Whereas everyone kind of, I think we obviously we did a cast on it. We all kind of panned Cloverfield Paradox. Oh, it's not that bad. Um, I love. I did not Lord. give I a really chance did. to see Overlord, but uh, I kind of heard those rumors that it was part of it. But so so far, we're we're what we're. I mean, well, if you look at it that way, then we're we're two for three. Yeah, but you you know, if for something that didn't even be, it wasn't even able to stand on its own originally. Like Ten Cloverfield Lane was a was a hail mary, and it worked. So in essence, Cloverfield Paradox was the sophomore if you really think about it. Sure, yeah. And it failed, not just failed, but it failed miserably. So unfortunately, it tainted the legacy. But 10 Cloverfield Lane is a fantastic sci-fi film and a fantastic horror film. If only horror because of John Goodman's performance. Like, he is what... There's only one, you know, horror kill in the film, but, like, maybe two if you count the lady. But, uh... He, it's horror because of him. So, well, I think Goodman, truthfully, was he was robbed around award season. Yes. I, I think he should have been nominated. I mean, he was, you know, so absolutely, I agree. I know we're at time, but did any either of you guys have anything on that? Yeah, I might uh, want to re-examine it. Love you. I can't even remember what I said to be honest. I barely remember the recording of that episode, <laughs> so I could have written, I could have loved it, and it was just my knee jerk thing when you said Cloverfield. It's like, oh, paradox, ah, I'm just hulking out over here because paradox was truly, truly not worth my time, and I'm it upset. It has so that much I, potential, so much promise. I know, oh, it's okay. so bad, but I don't want to go. Yeah, I remember. No, I probably did like. I think I argue. I think I was one of the people arguing against the ending just because it was like, huh aliens they were real uh, real the whole time but i guess going into a 10 cloverfield lane i guess i should have known that it was going to be real aliens the whole time because there was real aliens in cloverfield but there were aliens in cloverfield the monster was an alien i did almost go with cloverfield i thought about it for a minute i was Eh, like no we'll go with 10 cloverfield lane you gotta get goodman in there somewhere Mm -hmm. every cast needs to mention goodman Um, all right uh, so that's all we have for the spooktacular episode. Yeah, Woo! that was a nice experiment. So yeah, to recap, nice. Bill brought us Pitch Black. Good, yeah, good I, movie. I brought us Virus. Mm-hmm. Not good movie. I'm excited <laughs> to watch it, though. <laughs> uh, Miller brought us Cube. Fun movie. Cube, Cube Zero, Hypercube, Cube Three, Cubed, Ice Cube. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin brought us Doom. Bad movie. Great, great, great shit movie from 2005 and doom. play doom 2016 and ben brought us 10, 10 cloverfield lane. lane and i would say that you know some of these films we brought up are better than others uh, objectively better than others but i would recommend checking them all out absolutely not? they're, they're yeah. all worthwhile and at least worthy of discussion and except I, doom i will say no doom is <laughs> worth watching just don't go into it expecting real doom vi- real doom yeah this is just honestly going to be fair uh, enough a good thriller, if anything. I respect that. 
All right, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening for our spooktacular episode. <laughs> yeah. I uh, want to wish you all a, a happy Halloween. And Don't get spoked. If you get a chance, uh, please follow us on all of your favorite podcast sources. Uh, like and subscribe. And please leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. That's how we grow. Like, literally... That is the way to grow. Well, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. That is the only way to grow. Yep. So, please do. Steve Jobs still got a handle on the market. We're a little fledgling seed right now, and we want to become a redwood of content. <laughs> Trees. Colin, say thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. Happy <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. Yep. From Can't the wait. monster We're from the slab began to rise. <laughs> and suddenly, singer right there. To my surprise, he did the mess. Did you say he did the monster mess? Did you say redwood of sci-fi content or redwood of content? A redwood of content. Redwood of content. <laughs> the red wings of content. <laughs>